epitch.org. Entrepreneurs telling their stories, giving us a better understanding of the entrepreneurial experience. Here we go, ePitch Fast 30. What is the name of your business? Charlie Fosters. Do you have a website? CharlieFosters.com. Are you a sole proprietorship? Co-own with my wife. Own or lease? Lease. Favorite piece of equipment? Slayer espresso machine. How many square feet do you have? 1,850 square feet of indoor seating and 900 square feet of patio seating. Booth, chairs, or bar stools? Couches, chairs, and bar stools. Awesome. Biggest obstacle to get your business open? Construction. Favorite social media app? Instagram. What city were you born in? Huntsville. Introvert or extrovert? Extrovert. Left or right-handed? Right-handed. Late or early? Early for work, late for free days. Multitask or single task? Single task. Plan or spontaneous? Both. Describe yourself with three words. Happy, ambitious, and caring. Do you have a college degree? No. One thing most people don't know about you. I'm a computer nerd. Did you have to get a loan to get started in business? Yes. Favorite type of coffee bean? Ethiopian. Favorite coffee blend? Ethiopian blend. Black, cream and sugar, or latte? Black coffee. Hot or cold? Hot. Favorite drink you will serve? Espresso shot. What website do you visit most often? Espressoparts.com. Favorite charity? Mary Mac Hall. What do you want to be remembered for? Charlie Foster's Helping People. One piece of advice that you would give to a future entrepreneur? Create a brand that has a purpose and a story. Apple or Android? Apple. And do you love what you do? Yes. And there you have it, Austin's ePitch Fast 30. Let's discuss Austin and Holly and their business, Charlie Foster's. Is this your first business? Together, it's not my first business. It's not your first business, but together as a joint, this is your first. And how did you decide to come up with this idea of a coffee shop? The little backstory that I can give is coffee became a passion of mine. And really, I was living in Opelika, Alabama, and there's a great coffee shop there called Sidetrack Coffee. And they had a really interesting concept because they didn't have a business license when they opened. So you could pay whatever you wanted to pay because they could only accept donations. And so many people loved that concept that they, they kept with it. So that was my first time going to a coffee shop that had an interesting con- concept. Also, I had just started going to the gym and so I cut sugar out of my diet and I was drinking black coffee for the first time. And they were really good at educating you on what you were drinking and I started noticing all these flavors. and. What I found out, and the best way to explain it, is that coffee is really similar to wine. It is a, it's a fruit, it's a cherry. The stuff you buy at Walmart can't really compare to the specialty coffee and this whole industry that's booming right now. And so when I left Opelika, I really wanted to have a place like that at home, and I wanted it to also be mine. I decided that there's a lot of craft coffee shops out there whose purpose is to educate the community on coffee, and I'm all on board with that, but I also thought that my purpose would be to employ and empower people with special needs. So I got home, I had gone to the bank and got approved for a loan to do this operation, 
and there wasn't any spaces that I found that were calling my name. And just through word of mouth, somebody heard of my concept and Stovehouse contacted me and or Crunkleton Realty, and now we are in at Stovehouse and hoping to be open soon. Well, that's very interesting that you were looking for a place and then finally someone contacted you and thought that would be the perfect fit. So Stovehouse is going to be a very unique, they're, they're open, mm-hmm. uh, but y'all are still trying to get open. So what all is going to be involved with Stovehouse? So Stovehouse it has a food garden and they have the Poorhouse Cocktail Bar. We will be there as a coffee shop. I'm not sure everything they've announced, so I don't want to say anything that I'm okay. not supposed to say. Right. But it's going to be a great place. They're going to have a retail area. They will have our coffee shop, and you can eat outside. You can eat inside. It's really a community gathering, and people have really taken to it. On the weekends, if you drive by there, there's thousands of people, it seems like. And of all ages, uh, I've been out there, and I've seen all ages. Everyone's having a great time and plenty of parking, uh, which is important and hard to find. I think the, the whole concept and the location, I think, is is perfect. It's really convenient, Huntsville and Madison. So you went through a leasing agent, Crunkleton and Associates, and how, when they contacted you, did you find that it was pretty easy uh, to go through the whole leasing process? Absolutely. Crunkleton uh, was incredible. We worked with Anusha, and I mean, I don't have anything else to say about it. It just went really smoothly. We signed our deal, and that was it. It was painless. And was it what you expected as far as lease, price per square foot? Yeah. Yeah. So my dad does commercial real estate. And so he was kind of in my coach on the leasing side of things. Which is nice to have. That was, it was great. So when he talked to me and he looked at it, he said, everything looks right. You know, that's what he expected. So I went with it. Okay. Whenever you decided on the name Charlie Foster, I guess that was the name you had probably thought of for, for a while. Can you tell us why, how that story came to be and why you decided to name your coffee shop Charlie Foster's. Absolutely. So back in Opelika, I'm at Sidetrack Coffee. I had decided that I, I had a, I'm trying to think of the right word, I really wanted to open my own coffee shop at that point. I'd been hanging out there a lot and just having the best time. And I was scrolling through Facebook and there was a video that had gone viral of a place in, I believe, South Carolina. I could be wrong, it could be North Carolina, and it was called Biddy and Bows, and it was a coffee shop, and their son, the people who opened it, son had Down syndrome, and he was behind the bar making drinks for people. And I loved that idea. The only difference was, from my idea and that idea, was since they had someone with Down syndrome behind the counter working, they had really automated machines. And once you have very automated machines, you lose the ability to really control and extract a lot of these flavors. My concept was to have trained baristas and people there that could educate you on this craft coffee scene and as well as employing people with special needs. When that came to my mind and that was something that I wanted to do, Charlie Foster's just was the perfect name because Charlie Foster's is the ghost at Mary Mac Hall. My parents had found a Mary Mac Hall. I've grown up around people with special needs since they opened Mary Mac and it just was instantaneous. Okay. And what is the story with Charlie Foster? Charlie Foster is a real person, grew up in Huntsville, um, back when Mary Mac was the cotton mill. 
and he was working there and he was underage. So the legal age to work back then was 12 and he was, let's say, eight. And this investigative journalist came in the town and was trying to prove that there was underage kids working there. But the owners of the mill told all the kids, don't make eye contact with him and don't look at him when he's taking pictures. So in these photos we found, all these kids had their wax hats pulled down over their eyes. But Charlie Foster walked out of the building and looked right at the camera and smiled and he got the picture he was looking for and he wrote this article and it helped enact child labor laws. And so Charlie Foster is in textbooks and when my parents found a Mary Mac, they started doing they started doing some digging at the library, and they found that picture. And then we opened Mary Mac, and Mary Mac, a lot of weird stuff happens. We believe that it's haunted, and it's easy to say it's the mischievous little boy <laughs> instead of like a demonic demon, right? Which which makes it fun yeah, too. Absolutely. <laughs> well, so you've you've got the name and you got your lease. Now trying to go through and learn about coffee. Uh, I read somewhere that you've sort of been doing this for like 10 years, trying to find out different flavors, different beans and all that. So how do you find out how to do this business? How do you find out, you know, the difference, really what is the difference between one bean from one country to another and and then going to uh, different places to learn the trade? So that part gets tricky. You definitely need someone that can educate you because there's a lot that goes into, they call it seed to cup. So when it starts at the farm till it ends up in your cup. And just to give you a brief uh, synopsis, specialty coffee, especially coffee because it's grown at really high elevations. So when you see Folgers or something or Starbucks coffee that they need in mass quantities, it's grown at low elevations. And when it's grown at low elevations, two things happen. It's picked when it's not ripe and it has more oxygen than it needs. And so once you grow it at higher elevations, it doesn't have enough oxygen. So it does this thing called anaerobic respiration. And when the coffee bean does that, it breaks down all these sugars that are inside the coffee fruit. And it creates flavors that is unlike the black coffee that you get from Folgers. And with craft coffee, you know, you can taste notes of blueberries and all these exciting things that people don't even realize that coffee can be. Okay. Well, can you tell us about uh, your time in, in different states? that made you kind of say, hey, this is this is a cool concept that they're doing. You know, you were in Opelika, but then you were also in different areas mm-hmm. uh, where you could see different coffee shops working. And then also when you were out in Washington, mm-hmm. uh, you went to a five-day thing. Can you tell us, elaborate a little bit yeah, more on absolutely. that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we, did, we just recently did the Seattle Barista Academy in Seattle, Washington. And one thing I've noticed going from, I've been to coffee shops in New York City, I've been to coffee shops in Nashville, all over Seattle, we went to a bunch. And really you run into two types of coffee shops. You run into cafes that are on their, really about their cafe style foods. And they have really dark roasted coffee that they're putting a whole bunch of sugar and milks in, similar to what Starbucks does. And then you have the craft coffee shops, and there's just a different vibe when you walk into a shop like that. It smells different for one, and the baristas are really excited to be baristas. And you can pick their brain and ask them a bunch of questions, and you can see that they have scales behind the counter, and they have all this stuff that you don't normally see. Anytime I go into a coffee shop like that, I feel like I'm home and I get to talk to the barista and they'll make specialty drinks and they'll just they'll hand you just a cappuccino which just espresso and milk and it'll taste like strawberries and that's what I really enjoy and so we went to Seattle for the barista academy we spent a whole day on seed to cup 
like we were just talking about. And then the rest of the time, we poured espresso shots and we made pour over coffee, which is where you take a kettle of hot water and you pour it over a funnel instead of using a drip coffee machine. And we learned about total dissolved solids where you use refractometers, which is a tool, and see what your extraction rate was. It got really scientific. And I think that if you're going to go in the coffee business, you have to have knowledge of how the science behind coffee and the brew science, they call it. Well, and it sounds like there is a lot of science <laughs> behind it. So when you were when you were out there, was there something uh, in that five days that blew your mind that you were thinking, wow, I had no idea about this particular thing? Probably um, the most, yeah, the, the, the total dissolved solids. Cause, so once you get this tool, it's called a refractometer, then the best way to explain it is coffee tastes good on your palate at a certain extraction rate. And if it's under extracted, it's going to taste watery and sour. And if it's over extracted, it's going to taste bitter. And there's a very small window where you can extract all these good flavors. And when you're at home, you're just trying to do it by taste. It can be very frustrating. You know, you're constantly trying to change your grind settings and your pour method. But with this tool, you drop it on there and you punch it into an app and it tells you what you're doing wrong. And it's and so instead of having to pay thousands of dollars for classes again, you can do the one-time cost of the refractometer and the software and start learning at home. Okay, and you, you're talking about this app that you are going to have. I have it, yes sir. And so is that, do you, you download this and it, it's a monthly subscription or is it a one-time fee? It's a one-time fee. The, the tool is pretty expensive, but it's mainly because of the software. And you're looking at like $1,000 to get this handheld device that you drip a drop of coffee on this. I don't even know. It's like a rock. It lo- it's weird. It <laughs> looks like a sapphire. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it gives you a, a measurement. And then you take what it – basically, you put in how much water, how much coffee, and what the measurement was. And it will give you this graph and tell you how to get to the extraction rate you're looking for. Okay. Well, it sounds very interesting. Now, did you write a business plan? Somewhat. I did. But this has been stewing in my mind for so long that uh, I could have probably wrote a more in-depth business plan. Okay. But I got a lot of it out on paper. I, I basically gave the bank what they were asking for, and that was my business plan. Okay. And going, you know, going to get a business loan is a little bit different than just doing a personal loan. Uh, can you talk about that at all? Uh, like, you know, did, did you have to have some sort of asset to put up for it? Things yeah. like that. Right? Yeah, so I had to, I had to have put up my house to get the line of credit through the bank. And other than that, I have had business loans through Bryant Brink before. So I've already worked with them, and that helped to already have a standing that relationship. relationship. Yes. So I went in, and we started talking. They heard about my location my business concept and my business plan. And the next step was to get appraisal on the house. Okay. And of course, you know, a big buzz right now is stove house. So I'm sure that they were excited about that. Mm-hmm. And with it being a convenient location. Right. So location, location, location Absolutely. is what they say, right? Yeah. We're hoping to be a very high volume location. Yeah. I, and I think you will be. So there's some great business that's going to be there along with you. The construction, it's taken longer than you want, uh, as it always does. You know, how long has it taken so far from the start of signing the lease to all the way up to getting your loan to now? How many months are you in? So just from that, from the time we signed our lease with Crunkleton, it was April 
12th was the day we signed the, the, the lease. Then we got the line of credit in the summer. And so it's been since April. And we were supposed to have our space for tenant improvements August 1st. And that's where our delay came in, the construction. All, we've heard all sorts of stories, and I'll just say I believe them. But it's, we're just waiting, you know? So. Right. And so in the summertime, you got a, a line of credit. You went and you've, you've got equipment. Mm-hmm. And you knew exactly what you are going to buy because you had been researching it. Where, where is all this equipment now? I mean, it's at my house. I have cold brew towers, which are about three feet tall a piece. I have six of them to make cold brew concentrate, and those are all in my dining room. Okay. And I've got an espresso machine in my garage. The furniture gets here November 6th, and that's going to go in my storage barn, I'm assuming. Okay. And we have a pour steady machine that makes pour overs, which I'll also hook up in the garage, but we ordered that a little bit later, so it's in the process of being painted right now. Okay. And I would imagine that because it's now at your house. You have to think about homeowner's insurance versus business insurance. Uh, have you worked all all through that? Yeah, yeah. So, but luckily, yeah, we have. I'm thinking of a better way to answer it. Yeah. Right. Well, and it can be complicated because yeah. you're trying to figure, you know, you want it safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then plus moving it uh, a couple of different times. Exactly. And uh, I think a lot of people go through that, uh, you know, hoping. Because when did you think or when were you hoping to be open? Like today. Like today? <laughs> yeah, okay. no, November really, but... Okay. So going through this, it sounds like you're going to be open around the first part of January, because mm-hmm. uh, once you can get in there and start doing whatever it is that you're going to do, you've got a plan, and I guess you have a good contractor that you have worked with or know. Yeah, good contractor, good architect. Okay, which is going to help things go a lot smoother from that point on. Okay, I know there's there's so many frustrating things that you know that happen that you don't even think about that could happen when you're trying to open up a business. So when when you found the right equipment, was there only one supplier for that piece of equipment or or were there multiple suppliers where you had to choose on a supplier to buy a piece of equipment? I know like in the salon business for instance, we can we can buy that same chair from a variety of vendors so we deal with a few vendors and we sort of don't go outside that scope anymore because we're comfortable working with them does it work the same way with this equipment yeah so there are a bunch of distributors and vendors and things like that so my business before i was a broker in the travel industry and one thing that I learned personally about being a broker is that when I want to travel somewhere, I'm going to go straight to the source and talk to the location or the lodge or the place that I'm going to. And so when I was purchasing my equipment, I didn't go with any vendors. I went straight to the company. And I actually found out the other day I might have made a guy mad because I called the local tech for Slayer and he was upset that I didn't buy one from him. But that's just my experience. I just go straight to the manufacturer. Okay. And we've had that problem before and yeah you know relationships can get complicated all right so whenever you open and and i guess you all are probably thinking a lot about this about pricing how are you going to price your coffee you know uh when you think about pricing your coffee is going to be different than some places Mm -hmm. Uh, i would imagine that there's going to be some some things that go into it that other places don't go into it uh, some products. So 
have you thought about your menu, your pricing, and all of that? We're in the process of really designing our menu right now. So since we have our equipment now and we got a whole bunch of time, I've employed one other person and my wife, I, and my friend, Billy, have been at the house just working on the espresso machine and making drinks. So coming up with full menu prices is a little bit tricky, but for the most part, there's a bunch of coffee shops already around that are in the craft coffee scene that are serving similar quality coffee. And so the prices don't vary too much on that end of the spectrum. It all really depends on a couple of things. You know, we have the price of our coffee, but we haven't sourced out a creamery yet. And so the milk is like the second most expensive part that goes into your coffee cup. And it's just things like that that would really help us really dial in our prices. But yeah, so we, we don't really have total price out yet for the menu. Okay. And so you have this app that's gonna help you and also help the people that are going to be working there. Do you have a good point of sale system? We haven't gotten one yet. Everyone at Stove House is using Toast, and so we probably are going to use Toast, but okay. we haven't gotten that far on the point of sale system. So in Toast, which I haven't heard of, but I guess Toast, uh, you can program your own stuff into that, mm -hmm. and I guess it would be good to sync up with other people at Stove House because right. people are going to be coming and going yeah, and the other option at Stove House is to send like a runner out in the courtyard and have them, the toast you can set up to just like a, one of the small handheld tablets. I think Android makes them. They're about the size of an iPhone, and it can take orders that will relay to your toast system back in the shop. Okay, which is great. Mm -hmm. So And it's got a text system. If someone doesn't want to wait inside there, it'll text them when their coffee's ready. Okay. And is your patio like... When, I'm just curious, just going to this for a second, because you mentioned going outside. Uh, do you have a boundary in your patio? Is it is it lined with a... We do. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be some sort of wall with okay. some, some shrubberies or flowers, whatever's okay. inside that. And are you able to do what you want on the patio, or are there limitations? Like, can you have music if you want someone out on the patio, or... How, how is that going to work? So if you wanted to have like live music on the patio or something like that, Stovehouse really has like an amphitheater and they're playing music yes. outside. So we would just have to run it by Stovehouse first. Okay. But we are preparing the inside to be able, we're going to be playing our own music on the inside and also have some live, maybe unplugged music or plugged in acoustic type things going in the coffee shop. Okay. Which, which will be great. So, and uh, I guess, you know, obviously, if they're playing something outside, you're not going to compete with that right. and vice versa. So it's all really about communication, yep. isn't it? And the, the point of sale, is that the the toast? You you haven't, you don't know much about that yet. No, I don't. Okay. All right. Because there's a lot of good point of sales out there. And I would imagine if other people are already using that, that it's going to be a good system. You know, we use a software that we've been using since we've been open and we're very happy with it. It's been, it's been great. And they're always evolving and get, we're getting ready to go to the next upgrade pretty soon, which is going to be pretty substantial. So the point of sale systems have gotten a lot better. They used to be very frustrating, uh, but now it's, it's gotten pretty good. So Okay. What is your biggest regret on something that you may have purchased that you wished you hadn't? Or have you gotten to that point yet? The only thing that I thought of just the other day is we've ordered some coffee scales, and the scales are, you know, it's funny, the smaller ones are more expensive than the bigger ones, but 
they're about $200, $300 a piece, and we need more than one of them. So that price can get up there. And I never even thought to look at wholesale pricing or a professional discount or whatever it was. And I don't know if there is one, but everything else has had one, and I don't know why I spaced on the scales. So that's really been the only regret. Well, and you're thinking about a lot of things. So, you know, when you see something you like. Holly, um, my wife, ordered just some stainless steel milk pitchers that you froth the milk in. And she was like, oh, I got us a wholesale discount. And that's when it clicked. And I was like, oh. Like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks to Holly. Uh, okay, so you're going to be hiring special needs, mm-hmm. and you have really been around special needs kids your whole life, right? I was really in my teens, but yeah. You were in your long, teens, mm-hmm. okay. When they founded Mary Mac, I, I was 15 or 14 years old, and so I've been around them since then. Okay, and so I would imagine that that has impacted your life pretty substantially. Yeah, absolutely. And you have decided to hire special needs can you tell me what they will be doing and how much supervision will they need? I know you talked about the app kind of measuring things out, but you know those can only do so much. So when it comes to the people with special needs in the shop, they will have somebody with them. And maybe some of them won't need that because you have so many different ends of functioning with people with special needs. You have low functioning, you have high functioning. So. We know that they will be there. The poor study machine can be operated, operated by someone with special needs. And figuring out what else they can do is just gonna be a trial by fire. Get in there and figure it out as we go. We've come up with some other stuff where our to-go cups, instead of getting branded to-go cups, we're getting to-go cups and ink stamps. Okay. And so someone's job can be the ink stamps. You know, They can take the coffee to the table, be like servers and things like that. So. I think that that's totally going to change and evolve over time because we might find somebody who can just make better coffee than I can and he'll be behind the bar making coffee. But I think that that's really just time will tell once we get in there and we get involved and we start working. So for the first six months when you get open, what do you see your job responsibilities as? I'm going to be behind the counter 100% making espresso for as many hours as I can without dying. Okay. um, Also just between my wife and I, we will do all of our orders, our inventory and uh, payroll and anything that we can take care of ourselves, we're going to. So really, I think that my main job is going to be living down there right. for the first six months and just doing anything that I can. And and what will Holly be doing? Will, you, will Holly actually be at yeah, the store? I just... Holly will definitely be there. Yeah, Holly is my partner. She's my wife. She loves coffee, too, and she's really good at the latte art. And okay. So divvying up how we will work and how all that, we're just going to get in there and we'll figure it out. And it but, will evolve. But I do know by the time we open, which we can already do now, so when we open, everyone involved will be able to use every piece of machine. They will be able to make every drink, and they will be able to do it all. So. Okay. Well, that's that's great. And I guess you have an accountant. I don't yet. You, you don't. So do you think that you will get an accountant? Yes. Yeah, yeah. We are using QuickBooks, so we're going to do some of the stuff on our own. Okay. But we will have an accountant because I'm not, I'm not an accountant. By the, by the end of the year. Well, there's just so many things that they know that 
we don't know, right. and the rules are constantly changing. Uh, so, but giving them a good bookkeeping and accounting system is always good. You know, having someone specialize in that I think is good, but I know y'all are very aware of that. Now, going into advertising, have you thought about an advertising budget? I have a budget. It keeps growing. You know, I keep on. So I'm working with Rocket City Digital, and I'm not saying that they're taking all my money. Rocket City Digital has been fantastic. They've really helped me create the brand I was trying to create. And I've just seen more opportunities for advertisement that seem like a good idea. And the more time we have where we don't have the shop open, I'm just trying to find opportunities where people can know our name. We haven't really made any posts on our Instagram yet. That is all just about to start, you know, within this next week. But we have posted the logo, and it's not even our real logo. It was the first mock-up of a logo just to get something out there. And we got 500 followers on Instagram. So people are interested in us, and they want to follow us. And so we're about to start giving them what they want. We are... I vinyl wrapped my car, so if you see a pink car riding around Huntsville, Alabama with a bunch of ghosts on it, that's Charlie Foster's. And we're doing we're doing some other things. You know, we're gonna start creating some merchandise and we're gonna push it through Instagram ads and just little stuff like that. I'm taking coffee around town and I'm providing the coffee for free. So we have an idea of what the budget will look like, really what we'd like to spend yearly once we're open. But now there's just we're just creating opportunities and and so uh, very creative getting the car wrapped because, uh, in fact, uh, just tonight when you pulled up, I noticed uh, a guy kept looking over there at the car. He was trying to figure out Absolutely. now what what's on that car. So, uh, and it's uh, it's just enough to give people sort of this interested. There's just something about it. It's very cool looking. I forget that it's wrapped when I'm driving because I'm just in my head and thinking and then I'll get to a red light and everyone's staring at me and I'm like what's going on I got something on my face right now and then I'm like wait I got a pink car covered in ghosts and you know going to social media do you have a favorite social media that y'all like to use we're using Instagram and Facebook primarily I personally don't have a personal Instagram or Facebook account anymore and my wife doesn't either she was kind of my influence to just stop on social media yes Uh, but we do have our Instagram account and really in the coffee industry your branding and your marketing through Instagram can be great for your for your company and your brand and with our plan to start roasting our own beans and try to really get it out past Huntsville you know Instagram is gonna be really vital in that equation right which sounds very exciting so you know, moving forward, talking about roasting, um, what what all is going to be involved with that? So, you're talking to someone with no experience on roasting beans. Yeah. So, you know, I know I know the I know a little bit, but our plan is get our business running, and then there's schools and classes around. So we'll be going to wherever we can find that we feel like is the best option for us. We're going to go to roasting school. I'm working. Right now, we're going to be a multi-roastery coffee shop until we become our own roastery. And that means that we don't have to have an exclusive deal with one coffee brand. We will have multiple coffee brands. Which is nice. It's Yeah, it's great. And so our coffee that we're going to have is 49th and Parallel. The guy who owns it, his name is John Luca, and he has been fantastic. And he's been the most helpful person that I've really run into so far when starting the coffee shop that has knowledge of coffee. And so I'm going to lean on his shoulder and just, we're going to make it work. Okay, well, that's right. And that's what... Uh, entrepreneurs do they figure it out and so trying to go through and and figure it out 
can be challenging but also fun and you get to experience uh, friendships along the way and sounds like because how long have you known this gentleman I just two months two months <laughs> he's been great though yeah well Super, and it's things like that kind. and I'm sure that he's very excited to show you the way too so uh, it does make a difference when when you start uh, thinking about marketing I want the the ghost of Charlie Foster uh, that is part of your branding you're going to be having uh, different things happen with the ghost. Mm-hmm. Can you go through that and explain exactly what that is yeah, as part of your logo? You, so the best way to explain is we want people to ask questions. We want people to ask about our story. We want ask. We want people to ask about the ghost, and we want them to create a conversation. And by creating a conversation, we can create a relationship with these people. I think we're going to have a great opportunity to make a whole bunch of new friendships and meet a whole bunch of people, and. Our plan with the ghost, you know, it's always evolving, but we have a bunch. And one thing is we like to do some mischievous stuff around the shop with just like logos and brands where we'll have Charlie Foster in there and he might be on one wall and then you come in the next month and he might have moved, you know, and you're like, start asking yourself, wasn't that used to be over there and things like that. Right. But with the ghost, I think that one of the real plans is we can offer somebody a free coffee if they go take the ghost sticker and stick it on the back of their car window and then the the ghost starts making it around town you know we put them on stove house and just things like that where we make it fun and exciting and there's that ghost again type thing so and also uh, there's something about finding the ghost at stove house so yes the, the one of the plans is we will put a ghost hidden at stove house and if you find it then you get free coffee and you know, make okay. a little scavenger hunt. Okay. And, uh, of course, that's fun for all ages. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that sounds like a, a great idea. And I think the key word to your story, seriously, and it's a word that isn't used very often, is authentic. You do have an authentic story. It is a real story, and you're using that story, I think, in such a positive way. So uh, the whole Charlie Foster uh, coffee shop, I think is it's very very cool. I think that you know we look at it in a way that Charlie Foster uh, was a person who had his photo taken that really caused a pivotal change in the workforce. You know, people were too young to be working back then, and today we're going to have a coffee shop where we're employing people with special needs because people with special needs are great in the workforce. You know, they're great to be around. So when I wanted to open a coffee shop, I wanted to open up a coffee shop that had everything that I enjoyed there. And one of the things that I enjoy is being around people with special needs. And they make you question your own morals and your own thoughts. And they make you, I I become what I believe to be a better person from being around people with special needs. Right, and they're always happy. Yep. Uh, and uh, you know we we work with special needs and they do their job tremendously well and I always say they're the best dressed yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh, how many employees will you start off with that's a tricky question because stove house is they have such heavy flows of traffic on the weekend and you know I don't have experience with owning a coffee shop so that's one of the things that we got to figure out just like we were talking about earlier and you know, I know that Holly and I will be there. We've employed one other person that will work as a manager. And I know how many people need to be making. Usually when, you have, when you're running a coffee bar, you have one person pouring shots, no matter how busy it is, and one person steaming milk. And they, that's their job. So outside of that, you know, there's a lot of other things that we might need people for. We might need people to be washing dishes. We might need runners running around 
outside uh, to the courtyard. So how many employees I have, I have no idea, honestly. But I'm trying to figure out what's the best I, way to figure out how many I need. Yeah, and I guess you'll figure figure that out. Uh, a lot of people don't know, but I used to be in the dry cleaning business. Okay. Well, uh, it is hard to know, and you do have peak seasons uh, where things just, you know, there's so much business and you just don't know how to handle all of it. But one thing is, and I'm sure that this will happen, is that you don't have enough people and you get your family involved. Uh, there was one time we were checking clothes in and I had my whole family down there and we were down there till three, four o'clock in the morning checking clothes in, but I had to get help to do that. And I think sometimes, you know, you just have to think outside the box and sometimes ask for help. And so I'm sure that that will probably happen at some point on a yeah. Saturday night uh, when, you know, some big events going on and the people are flowing in. But it's definitely good to have family uh, or close friends around that would be willing to come and help out and yeah, get a absolutely. free cup of coffee probably, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that, that does make a difference. One really interesting experience I had was Christy Graves owns Honest Coffee in downtown Huntsville. And we met her and she told us that she would love to help in any way that she could if we'd like. And so we contacted her, asked if she would like to get dinner. And one, it was another experience where I had, where this is just one of the nicest ladies I've ever met. And two, she was extremely helpful. She told me that the good thing about craft coffee shops is that the baristas want to be baristas and they want to be there and they want to get to work on the equipment and things like that. So I'm not too worried about finding the employees. I just got to figure out the number. Gotcha. And isn't it great to talk to someone who's potentially going to be a competitor, but y'all can be friends at the same time? Oh, she was so supportive. You know, it was incredible. It was great. Yeah. She's going to do her thing. You're going to do your thing. Absolutely. And uh, y'all can still work together and, and be friends moving forward, which I think is great. Well, what what advice would you give to somebody else that may be interested in opening up a coffee shop? Yeah. Um, I think the most important thing is to find someone that can give you some training because if you don't have any training on coffee, you're in for a ride because there's a lot that goes into making an actual good cup of coffee. And also to figure out, get your money straight and try to spend the money on the front end. And I haven't gotten to the back end yet, but everyone that I've talked to has said, spend it on the front end so you're not trying to make up once you get there and you don't have enough ice and you don't have enough of this. And so we have, uh, when I have showed people that are in the industry, our equipment list and the way it's laid out on the bar everyone has given me the thumbs up so that makes me feel good and told me that it, that's exactly how they would do it so find the people that work in the industry make some friends get educated and then just go for it and if you don't know it figure it out okay and you know i don't know if you know my son's 12 uh he watches youtube he figures things out on youtube there's so much information on YouTube. Heck, if you want to know about the new iPhone 11, there's about a million videos already out about it. Uh, so uh, would you say that sometimes you could go to YouTube and go, and, and, and figure something out yeah. about coffee? Yeah, yeah. I was having some trouble just earlier today, and then we, everyone, you know, dispersed, and I was sitting there alone. I got on YouTube and started watching videos, and I figured out the problem I was having. So YouTube is still a big one for me. There's a lot of great coffee guys on YouTube. Well, and YouTube has turned out to be a great place to find out information, not just mm -hmm. Google now, but YouTube is a huge search engine mm -hmm. that really shows you how to do it, which I think is incredible. So, 
Um, all right. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to add to this interview? The only thing that we didn't bring up that I think is super fun to talk about is Charlie Foster's has colors, and Charlie Foster's will be pink and red. That's why my car is pink and red. Okay. The espresso machine is pink and red. The poor steady machine is red. Everything else is pink, red, and white. The furniture is pink, red, and white. Everything in the shop. And we are going to have an Instagram wall that is going to be made out of marbles from floor to ceiling. <laughs> really? How cool. Why did you decide on the color scheme? So when I decided we were going with Slayer Espresso Machine, I picked Slayer because it could be fully customized, and I just wanted to have a really cool centerpiece on the bar. And Holly said, well, can it be pink? And I was like, absolutely. And I started working with an interior designer, and she helped me bring this whole vision together of making everything match and making it just a really exciting, nice place. So, Well, that's, that's going to be great, and it's going to stand out. Mm-hmm. Because your car stands out. Yeah. <laughs> so that's great. People either like this building or they hate this building. But the one thing about it is is that people know that this building is here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so um, uh, we like the building. So, you know, it's on an industrial lot and, you know, not a whole lot you could have put here. But you've seen the other building, but it's completely different than this one. Right. But that building would not have worked in this spot. Yeah, no, so, I was, when I was driving in and I was looking at it and I was just thinking about how we've designed Charlie Foster's and how you've built this place and I was just like, he did it right. You know, this place looks awesome. Well, I, I think it's something, you know, you're trying to bring more culture into Huntsville. And Absolutely. So when you can do that, I just think it's better for everybody. But anyways, I was just going to throw that out there. So anyways. That is the same reason why we are making it. I mean... Really, the inside of Charlie Foster's is going to be extremely nice. So if we're looking at competition from other coffee shops, it's you can't compare the two because we will, you know, we're going for the culture, the niceness, stuff that Huntsville needs and doesn't have at the moment. Yeah. There's not many places. Which is wonderful. Final question asked is given to us by our previous entrepreneur. On our last podcast, we had entrepreneur Monica Yother, owner of My Designs. Monica asked, what do you think your business will look like a year from now? totally different than I planned it to be so we'll see you know I just think that everything's going to change we'll figure it out once we get there and uh, but yeah it's my answer well I'm excited for both of you I think it's going to be amazing stove house is already amazing and y'all are just going to continue to to make make it a better and better place for everybody so and that whole area it's transformed so much it's going to be interesting to see where it goes a year from now or five years from now so, but now being an entrepreneur in Huntsville, um, especially with y'all just starting this business, don't you think this is going to be such a, an amazing time for this? Yeah, everything is, the timing is just incredible. The The location, the timing, West Side Huntsville, you know, the economy's booming. Timing has been perfect. Oh, that's great. Well, I'm so happy for you guys. Uh, okay, so Austin and Holly, as we close here, please write down your last question for our next guest and tune in to find out how they will answer it on the next episode of epitch.org. So thank you all so very much. Thank you for having us. Glad to be here. Thank you for listening today. Please check out my website at epitch.org or anchor.fm slash epitch.org to listen to future podcasts and on my Twitter account, epitch.org, to learn more about entrepreneurship. May these individual stories inspire you to do great things in entrepreneurship. Thank you.